Bow your heads with me, would you please, as we bow for prayer before we open the Word together. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, as as has been expressed again and again this morning. We thank you for Jesus Christ. As we have this reminder of the bread and the cup again this morning, which we, we need, we need to be reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on our behalf. God, I pray, as we have this reminder fresh in our minds, help us, Lord, to be humbled once again by your mercy and grace on us. Lord, I pray too as we come to your word and see the wonderful truths that we have before us, help us to be humbled by those in your mercy and grace and giving us your revealed will, your revealed truth to us in your word. What precious words we hold in our hands when we open your word. God, I pray that you would help us to treasure them and obey them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to be looking at verse 14 in 2 Timothy chapter 3 this morning. Would you go there with me, please? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. We, we return to our study after being away for a couple of weeks of vacation, of, for, of which I really enjoyed and our family really enjoyed and we appreciate being able to do. I felt like I had to relearn my study habits this week and, and, um, Here's hoping I don't have to relearn how to preach too, but don't tell me if I didn't do too well, all right. Paul writes to Timothy, look at verse 14 with me, would you please? Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. And I know because we've already had much, uh, much worship in our worship hour this morning, I am going to keep this brief this morning just to give you a heads up. I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to stop, but I'm going to tell you I'll keep it brief. I'll tell you at the beginning I'm going to keep it brief. Verse 14. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. I want you to remember that Paul has been writing to encourage Timothy, to challenge Timothy as well, to be strong, be courageous. Don't be timid, Timothy, in the face of opposition. And the opposition that we're talking about here is a challenge to the truth of the Scriptures Remember, Paul's writing to encourage Timothy, to also challenge Timothy to remain firm, to remain strong, to not shrink back in the face of opposition to the truth of the gospel that he was preaching. And we've seen the warning to Timothy, and we've seen it to the church as well, that there would be spiritual imposters, and there will be spiritual imposters. And as long as the Lord tarries, the church must deal with this problem of spiritual imposters, those who put on the facade of spirituality, We're not talking about the world in general here. We're talking about those who rise up from within the church who who maybe we thought were believers or those who would appear to be followers of Christ because they say they are, but yet they put on a facade of spirituality. And when when their living is tested and their teaching is tested, you find out it does not align with Scripture. And there would be those who come not from outside the church to oppose, but, but from within, rising up from within the church. And Timothy was to not be surprised by this. And I... And I've been challenging you too for several weeks in, in this chapter, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Don't be surprised when you come across those who you finally find out are spiritual imposters. It's going to keep happening until the Lord returns. It, actually, we've, we're warned here that things are going to go from bad to worse before the Lord's return. Chapter 3, verse 1, but understand this, that in the last days, that's the days we're in before Christ's return, 
But in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. And then in verses 12 and 13, which we saw our last time together a few weeks ago here in 2 Timothy, um, verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Verse 13, While evil people and imposters, those are, those are people who put on the, the mask of spirituality, imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And then what comes next is another challenge to Timothy to remain strong in the faith, remain strong in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw it in verse 14 once again. But as for you, remember, don't be like these spiritual imposters. Don't, don't get caught up in this false spirituality. But as for you, verse 14, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Now I want you to note how it is that Timothy is to be, and the church is to be, that's us, how Timothy is to be, and the church is to be strong as we wade into what's like a a current of opposition in the world in which we live, a current of false teaching. And the current is strong, and we need a strong and firm foundation. We need a firm anchor as we stand in the midst of a current and kind of wade upstream, so to speak, against the tide of and the current of false teaching and opposition to the truth of the gospel. And here it is. But as for you, he says to Timothy, and he says to us, this is God's word to us today, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Here's my challenge to you today. Continue in the truth. Stay with the truth of the gospel. There aren't any, there aren't new truths to be learned unless you haven't read them in the word yet. Okay? They might be new to you, but they're not new to God. And there are no new truths today for someone to come along and say, you haven't seen this before, but let me show it to you. And you, and you begin to search the scriptures and you're trying to find out, where did that come from? Because I can't find it in God's word. Be careful. Here's where we're to place our anchor. Here's where we're to remain firm in the midst of the strong current of Satan's opposition to the truth. We place our anchor in the very truth of the Scriptures in the Word of God. That is our firm foundation. As J. Vernon McGee writes, the only antidote against a world of apostasy is the Word of God. The only resources and recourse for the child of God is the Word of God. Now the implication for us in the text is that we must, and here's another challenge to you, we must learn the truth. And when I say learn, a lot of people cringe. I was one of those at one time, ugh, learning. I don't like learning. I joke with my, with my family here recently, I say, you know, don't let, don't let your, your desire to, to get away from learning compel you to make stupid decisions, you know. I didn't want to go to college, so I joined the Marines. You know, it's like, well, you know, three days in, I'm like, why didn't I go to college? What was that saying? The Lord knows, though, right? And the Lord sometimes will use your foolishness to prepare you for eight children and put you through boot camp and, you know. And in spite of your stupidity, He'll, he'll give you wisdom if you, if you yield to Him. Eventually, right? You need to yield him. And I'm telling you, you need to learn the truth. And yes, it sounds like work, and it is. And it takes some self-discipline. I can't discipline you. I, 
I might like to. I wouldn't show up at your house every day and say, are you reading the gospel today? Are you reading the word? I'm not going to do that. I can't do that, right? And you wouldn't like that very, very much if I did that, right? But you need to be in the Word daily. I need to be in the Word daily. I, I know what a struggle it is to be in the Word daily. Even though I study to preach and teach all the time, sometimes it's hard for me to get in the Word just to feed my own soul. I know the challenge. I know, I know I'm not suggesting something that's easy, but it's a must for us. If we're going to stand in the current of opposition to the truth of God's Word that's flooding over us in our society today, you had better know God's Word. You need to learn the truth. That's the implication here that Paul has, that Paul's giving us in a text that we see. Continue in what you have learned, right? And, and I would venture to guess that Paul wants to Timothy, Timothy to keep on learning. Continue in what you have learned. Continue learning. Continue in what you've learned. Continue applying what you have learned and continue teaching those truths. And don't forget where you where you found those truths, from, from whom you've received those truths. You see, if you're going to guard your heart and your mind from the falsehoods that Satan would have you believe, you need to know, and I mean know the truth. Because the truth exposes error. Truth exposes error. So Paul tells Timothy to continue In effect, he's saying, remain steadfast. Remain. Continue. Refuse to be moved in the face of relentless opposition to the truth. And this continual, again and again, over and over, pounding on your faith. Continue in the truth. Don't look for new truth. Don't look outside of God's Word unless you're looking to good godly literature that's going to take you back to God's Word with the truths. The truth you need is in the firm foundation of God's Word. And Paul says, he says, continue in what you've learned. And then he says, knowing from whom you learned it. Now earlier in chapter 3, we noted the importance of avoiding those who are false teachers. We learned that it's, it is critical for us that we closely examine those and the lives of those and the teachings of those who, who would come along and say, I'm teaching God's truth. We examine their life. We examine their conduct. We examine their teaching all in line with what? We compare it to what? The truth of God's Word, right? I hear some of you saying truth, some of you saying word. Yes, you're right. The truth of God's Word. We compare the conduct, we compare the life, we compare the teaching and the preaching of those who come along and say, this is God's truth, this is the Word. Here's what the Bible says, or here's what God wants you to know, or here's some spiritual truth. You have somebody coming along to try to teach you spiritual truths, you better make sure their life, their conduct, their teaching aligns with the firm foundation of God's Word. Because in earlier, earlier there in chapter 3, we noted that importance of avoiding those who are false teachers. Guard your heart. Guard your family. Guard your mind. Guard those who are watching you because we're a living, breathing testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ and others are watching us. And if we are led astray, others could be led astray because they're following our example. And that's just exactly kind of what Paul's pointing to. Knowing from whom you learned it. You see, we learned that it's critical that we closely examine that life and teaching of those who claim to preach the truth. And we noted that Paul reminded Timothy in verse 10, you, however, have followed my teaching. Remember, Paul's been teaching Timothy. Paul's not the first to teach Timothy. He's one who has been. And he says, remember, however, you have followed my teaching, my conduct, 
my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. Verse 11, my persecutions and sufferings. What is that? If it's not Paul's life that Paul is learning from, he's also learning from Paul's doctrine and his teaching. And the point here is that Paul's teaching and conduct revealed that he did preach and he did live the truth. His teaching, his conduct, his purpose in life, his faith and patience and love were all evidence that he was teaching the truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word. He lived the truth. In fact, his life taught truth. He taught with his mouth. Obviously, he taught and he taught Timothy and he taught others. He preached to the church and he taught the church, but his life taught truth. And so as Paul challenges Timothy to remain firmly grounded in the truths of Scripture, he also tells him not to forget from whom he learned these truths. Now, why is it important not to forget from whom he learned these truths? Because you can learn truths, you can learn something that's supposed to be true. You know, you hear people say, well, here's the truth, and let me tell you what the truth is, and I'm going to teach you this. And if you learn something that you find out later was an an unreliable source, then you better unlearn that really quick. If you learn something that was the truth and you later find out that that person was not a reliable source, then you might want to back up and re-examine what they were teaching. You ought to abandon something that comes from an unreliable source and look for a reliable source. What you learn from a reliable source you can depend upon, and that's exactly what Paul was challenging Timothy with. Don't forget from whom you learned these things. And just as we noted in verse 10, Paul says he wasn't trumpeting his his horn, his own horn. He wasn't blowing his own horn saying, look at me, look how godly I am. He was saying, you've been following my conduct, my, my, my purpose in life, my goals, and, and they are aligned with scripture. You've been finding about, finding how I grow in faith and love and, and how that aligns with what God's word teaches. Don't forget, Timothy, from whom you've learned these truths that you're to hold fast to. Why is it so important to know God's Word? Well, to guard your life from error. Why is it so important to know God's Word? Well, to guard yourself from those who might teach you something that is not in accordance with God's Word. Learn God's Word so that your heart and your mind will be instructed in the ways of the Lord and so that you will be able to discern the false teacher or discern the the truth teacher. You see, you might be reading a book or watching a television program or listening to a radio program or reading something on the Internet. You might be reading along or, or listening along or watching and you and something grabs your interest and you think, well, this sounds, this sounds good. This sounds helpful. It seems true. And if you don't examine that, that thing with the truth of the Scriptures, you might, you might be overwhelmed with how how. True, this might sound, and you might take it to someone else and say, well, you know, this sounds really good. We ought to practice this. Something like that that's unexamined by truth could be very harmful to your spirituality. It could be harmful to your spiritual life. Now, just like I can't make sure you're studying the Word every day, I can't watch over your shoulder to find out what you're reading. I wouldn't even dream of trying to give you approval of what you should and shouldn't read, but I will challenge you that you should know God's Word, and God's Word should help direct your steps as you choose the kinds of things you put into your minds. Don't do it the other way around. 
Don't, don't let, don't let the world influence you about what you should put in your minds and then go, well, you know, I'll, I'll get some of the scripture too. You gotta let God's word influence your thinking so that as you are finding literature to read and things to watch and things to listen to and advice to take, you're allowing God's word to, to say, check, that's okay, check, watch out, <laughs> check that one, this one's alright. Be careful of what you put in to your heart and your soul and your mind because God's Word, if you neglect God's Word, you will not have the equipping that you need to discern the truth. Now some might say, well, you know, I, I like to read things from the world. I like to study false doctrines and things like that. I would say be careful. Be very careful. Some would say, should we study false doctrines so that we can recognize it more readily? I would say that very few people, very very few Christian people ought to spend their time a great deal of their time studying false doctrines. I think believers should spend spend their time and equip themselves with the truths of the Scriptures. That's not what Paul tells Timothy. He doesn't say, Timothy, go out and find all the false doctrines you can find and get to know them as well as you can so you'll be able to recognize them. He doesn't do that. He says, continue in what you have learned. Know and remain in and be steadfast in the truth of the Word of God. False teaching is constantly changing. You know, there are constantly different things that, you know, you and I have never heard of, and the church is being confronted with some new challenge to the truth again and again. And that's going to keep happening. You can't keep up with false truth, right? You can't keep up with those falsehoods and those imposters. But what we can keep up with is the unchanging truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're to know. Know the truth of God's Word to guard your life. Study the truth. Become a truth seeker. Seek out the truth of God's Word and hide it in your heart. Tim Challies writes in his book, The Discipline of Spiritual Discernment, it would be tempting to train people to identify what is fraudulent by focusing a great amount of time on what is false. However, because falsehood is always changing, it is more beneficial to focus on what is unchanging. Knowing and identifying what is false can be done best by knowing and understanding what is true. A person who studies and understands what is true is necessarily equipping, equipping himself to discern what is false. Saturate your life with the truth of the Scriptures and you will be well equipped to discern if one who claims to teach the truth really is. Saturate your life with the Word. It's really encouraging to me to know that that we can guard ourselves from error by simply pursuing the truth of God's Word. It's very encouraging to me as a pastor to know, as I preach week in and week out, and I prepare sermons that, that point you back to the Scriptures for your own edification, for your own building up and spiritual growth, it's very encouraging to me to know that if God's people will become seekers of the truth of God's Word, they will be guarded from many of the ploys of Satan in this world. They'll be well guarded and well, well cared for if they will become for themselves seekers of the truth. Simply pursuing the truth found in God's Word and letting God's Word shape your thinking. That is very encouraging to me. But so many of us, so many of us fail to pursue the truth. That is a challenge to the church today. That is a challenge to, to God's fe- the fellowship of believers because so many people, and I would venture to guess that many of us do not pursue the truth like we should. So many of us 
in the church don't read and study God's Word as we should. Oh, how we need to feed our minds on the truths of Scriptures. And I'm not going to begin to tell you how you should pursue the truth and, and what kind of a, a, a plan or system that you should use in studying God's truth. We're all different in how God has equipped us and the, and the kinds of things that help us grow in spirituality. But you ought to be reading God's Word. I think you ought to be getting some of God's Word in your heart and soul every day. Now, I'm all about plans and systems and, and, and ways of studying. I have many books on how to study the Scriptures. I have all kinds of plans and methods for reading through the Scriptures. And if you ask, I'll point you in that direction. You want, you want a plan for reading the Bible. I've got them for you. I'm all about equipping you in that way. But I'm suggesting that each one of us needs to humble ourselves before God's Word on a daily basis. We need to find what works for us that we will not neglect. Because if you don't have the word of truth in your heart, in your soul, you will be unprotected from Satan's ploys to deceive you. We don't need to devise clever methods for discerning truth from error. We need to use the simple method that God has given us, and that is getting the word into us. Charles Spurgeon writes, When a disease appears which has been uh, done deadly mischief in past times, physicians inquire for medicines which on a former occasion curbed the enemy. We are bound to do the same in spiritual matters. We must see what Paul did in his day when the malaria of false doctrine was in the air. It is remarkable how very simple as a rule everything is that is really effective. If a discovery is made in science or machinery, it is complicated at first, and that for the very reason that it is imperfect. But all improvements are in the direction of simplicity. It is just the same with spiritual teachings. He goes on to say, Let us not talk of inventing wise measures for the present distress in the spiritual world, but let us use the great remedy which was so effectual in Paul's day. Paul himself taught young Timothy the gospel. He made him not only hear his doctrine, but see his practice. We cannot force the truth of God upon men, but we can make our own teaching clear and decided and make our lives consistent therewith. Trust, uh, uh, Truth and holiness, he says, are the surest antidotes to error and unrighteousness. You get what he's saying? Truth and holiness. Get the truth in and live the truth out. Truth and holiness are the surest antidotes to error and unrighteousness. You need the truth. I need the truth. We need to saturate our hearts and minds with the truth of God's Word so that we'll be well equipped and prepared to remain with those things that we have learned from God's Word. There's affirmation of this truth in Proverbs 30, verse 5, and we ought to know that we ought to know the truth and remain steadfast in our pursuit of and teaching of the truth. Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. I think you're like me in that I want God's shield. You want God's shield? You want God to be your shield? I want His protection. I want His guardianship over my life and my mind and my thinking. And as I lead and and teach my family, I want His wisdom to lead me. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him, take refuge in God's Word and the gracious gift He has given you in His Word. If you are God's child today, I I challenge you to take refuge from error in the truths of God's Word. And you should likely be seeking the truths of God's Word out for yourself on a daily basis.
I want to challenge you too, if you've never repented of your sin and trusted in Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to challenge you to, to know this. You need to know that God's Word makes it very clear that the treasure of God's goodness awaits you in His Word if you will turn from your sin today and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, His Word is there for you to read, but it will, will not help you until you depend upon Him for your salvation, until you confess your sin and believe in Jesus Christ. The most powerful thing the Word can do for an unbeliever right now is convince them that they are sinners in need of saving and that Jesus Christ is the only way. And Peter says of God's Word in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises. We're thinking about God's Word here, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Pursue the truth of the Word. Know the truth. Continue in the truth. Do not neglect the truth. Every word of God proves true. And He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that we have this precious book in, in the Word of God before us. God, how blessed we are that you saw fit to give us your written Word. And Lord, how blessed we are to have it in a language that we can understand. And, and Lord, how blessed we are that when we read the Word with hearts that, that yield before you, you, you are very good to convict us of sin in our lives that needs changing and gotten right with You. And Lord, You are very good to give us Your wisdom when we ask for it and when we yield to it. Lord, I pray, help us to be faithful stewards of this wonderful gift of God's Word that You've given us. Help us as a church to guard the truth. Help us as families, as fathers and mothers to teach the truth to our children. God, help us to know these simple, powerful truths of the Word and how effective they are for our daily living. And help us to obey. God, I pray, help us to be a powerful witness in the workplace this week, in our communities this week, and in the schools as we go to our classrooms this week and go our separate ways. God, help us, help your children to be powerful witnesses for you because they, they reside, they live in the truth, and the Word lives in them. God, I pray for those who are here this morning that may have never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would realize that they need the truth of the Word in them. And yet first they need to confess their sin and believe in Jesus Christ for salvation. God, I pray, open their eyes to that truth. Melt their hearts with that truth that Jesus Christ shed His blood for them, for me, for each one in this room. God, we thank You for the precious gift of Jesus Christ and then the precious gift of the Word the Word of God, to guide our thinking, to shape us, to guard us, and to help us as we grow as witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.